The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Hi. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. For a Tuesday, Jeff Peterson's joining us with Heartland Farm Partners located in Lincoln. Looking at the markets today, it was another weekday. You and I were just talking about this leading into today's program. Looking at these prices and some of the frustrations that producers as they're in the fields are feeling at this point. But then why? Why is the corn and the bean market so weak again today? You know, and I think it's a combination, kind of a snowball effect, and that's kind of, it seems like what we've been seeing a lot of lately, Susan, is the fact we had the tariff announcements come out, and, and we'll talk more about those a little later in the segment. We're in that time of frame where you start to see some harvest starting, and the funds are the funds are on the selling side, and they're going, you know, with everything that's going on, uh, they still kind of feel the path of least resistance here has, has been down, and, and they've been rewarded for it so far. The end users are sitting back going, you know, as long as this market's trending lower, we really want to buy this. And we hear that from a lot of users, whether they be ethanol plants or feedlots going, you know, we like these prices. We, we want to get some bought here, but we're not in a big hurry. And I think you wrap that all up and it continues to give us a little bit lower markets in here. You go ahead and push on top of that. Technically, we've broke some support levels and, and here we are. You know, you look at, at, at talk about those support levels. Can we see them go lower at this point, or are we kind of hitting the bottom as we move into harvest? I'd say we're getting really close to the bottom as we're coming in here. You know, technically, you'll hear a lot of talk about kind of that 810 area in the soybeans for new crop, and over on the corn side, the 336 area gets to be a lot of tension because in and around that area is kind of where September went off the board at. So there's a little more downside risk in here. But what we are doing, and there are some positives, is that at these type of levels, we are gaining demand and building demand. And, and we will see these markets improve, and they will work up out of here. It's just uh, that time of year, we have to kind of go through that waiting game. I think one of the things that kind of set everybody up is I heard a lot of talk back when we were getting towards the end of August. Well, that's always been where the markets you know, kind of put in its bottom. And when it didn't happen this year, it, it's like everybody is kind of surprised. But the market never does two things, you know, the same year to year. So I think that's got some people a little bit on the, the defensive also. And speaking of being on the defensive, Jeff, there's been that talk that came out between China and the president here in the States about adding more tariffs. And they're going to come back with more tariffs. That in itself has got to make the market nervous. It really does. And as you just kind of unpack what's going on. So, you know, it looks like uh, starting on Monday, September 24th. There'll be uh, another $200 billion in tariffs that uh, the U.S. will put on against China. That'll cover about 6,000 different items that w- that's been put out and, and listed there. Now, the interesting part of it actually is kind of two stages on what the percentages are. Currently coming in at 10% tariff, but it can go ahead and work its way up to 25% as we get towards the end of the year if we don't have some resolution. What China has talked about is exactly what they said they would do is that they're going to put additional tariffs on. Now, they'll probably just come back within somewhere around about the $60 billion area because that's really about all the additional amounts of goods that they have to put back on because that will cover everything that, the, that they actually import from the U.S. Then, as expected, we'll see Trump come in and, and start developing another list of about $267 billion to, to put on. So it looks like uh, the U.S. will cover everything that they're buying from China. China will cover everything they're 
they're buying from the U.S., and then we'll start getting into some of the non-tariff discussion. Kind of looks like the trade talks that were on pace to, to start around the 27th or 28th. Kind of tentative, very tentative, and, and China's saying, you know what, we're not neg- going to negotiate with a gun to our head. And as a result of that, they're basically saying, you know what, uh, maybe we don't need to have those talks at this time. So I think there's a pretty good chance those talks may not actually happen. So where are we? How much is this dispute having an effect on our grain markets, or is it just secondary effects at this point? I think there's, um, I think there's one kind of puts a cloud over the whole trade in which it just keeps everybody from having much optimism. Secondly, I think we have that real impact from it. So that's one's the psychological. And then the real is just the fact that we don't have China in the market uh, on the soybean side is the one where we're seeing probably the most uh, transparency and then probably getting hit the hardest. And, and those become real, but it, it has opened up the door for some other buyers to step in. Uh, but I, I do think overall setting in here right now, though, is that we're factoring and getting a lot of that factored in to the market. And so even if you saw additional stuff go on and as we get further through harvest, I still think that opens up the door to see this market work its way higher out of here. So is there, I mean, we, I've done the reading that says, you know, export numbers were really not as bad off as some think. But you talk about this opening up the door. Is there some other countries that say, oh, so China's not in the market. Maybe I can get my hands on some U.S. beans. Yeah, and that's really what's really happening because uh, we took a look at the latest numbers. And what we always like to look at is that where are the bids coming out of the Gulf of Mexico and then where are the bids uh, coming out of some of your major ports in Brazil. And currently the way it looks like to us is that Brazil's currently 30% higher on, on prices for their stuff that's being offered now and going forward out into December and or really more so, you know, the latter part of October, November, December on into January. We'll start seeing Brazil probably get more aggressive and kick back in and be a little cheaper as we get back into February and then on into March. And what's important about that 30% level is that currently uh, China would have tariffs in place on the soybeans of about 25%. So we're at a point where they could step back in and, and start buying some additionally from an economic perspective. And, I, and that wouldn't surprise me. Um, something I, I didn't mention earlier is that actually as we watch that weekly export inspections report, one thing we didn't see this week is China wasn't in, but actually uh, two weeks ago they actually were in and took a cargo of soybeans. So it's not that they're not taking any soybeans. It's just that they're not taking near the amount of soybeans that we would normally expect to have them this year. But that does open up the door to have a lot of other countries. The only problem it runs into is it causes a lot more soybeans to flow out of the Gulf of Mexico than it does off the PNW, and uh, that really makes it really, really hard for anybody up in North Dakota and South Dakota because they just don't have the demand they'd expect to have this time of year. Well, stick around, folks. We've got more of the Fontenelle Final Bell coming up after this. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield, and Jeff Peterson's joining us with Heartland Farm Partners out of Lincoln. We left off talking a little bit about some trade export numbers. You said you had a little bit more information, Jeff, to pass along to our listeners. Yeah, I do, and, and this is something I, I want to kind of put in perspective. One thing we hear a lot of right now is that, well, there's there's no soybean demand, and and it's all these bushels that's going to have to end up just being used at the processor. And that, that's not really true. Um, there is actually good exports on the books, and, and we're probably 
equal to last year um, in regard to what's on the books. It's just we don't know when it's going to ship, and there's a certain amount of that that is China that we don't know if it will ever ship. But just to give you an idea how things are going so far, so the crop year started on September 1st here, uh, the 2018 crop year. Since then, coming out of all of the different uh, ports uh, for export out of the U.S. on soybeans, we've shipped out about 63.7 million bushels of soybeans. To put you in perspective, that was uh, about 75 million bushels last year. So we're down about 11 million bushels, down about 15%. So actually, um, some good shipments going forward so far. Over on the corn side, we've actually are faring a little bit better even. We've shipped out about 67 million bushels of corn, and that compares to about 53.7 million bushels last year. That's up about 13 million bushels, or up about 25%. So overall, we're getting off to a good start, but the big concern that everybody has, and I went in and took a look at some numbers just to say, okay, so how many bushels will we ship out here as we go from September all the way out through the end of October? Last year, in 2017, we shipped out 448 million bushels of soybeans. 2016, 488 million bushels. 2015, 400 million bushels. So you can see the big concern is we've got a lot of beans to ship out yet, and their concern is, is with China's not in there, how much will these other countries take because we're not used to them being in the marketplace. So curiosity is, you know, you and I were talking during the break about the Mississippi River. Can it handle the influx and the switch? Should North Dakota, South Dakota not ship to the west and have to go to the east? Yeah, it, it's gonna. Those bushels are gonna go a lot of different directions. Um, some of them can make their way on over into the ports and and work work their way down to Mississippi. Some of them will honestly get railed into some of our soybean processors. Uh, maybe even here some in Nebraska at some of the different basis levels. So those different bushels there definitely will be a home for them. The problem is, is at what price, and that's that's always mm-hmm. the hardest part. So I understand you got some information when it comes to Informa Acres. It is. You know, we talked a little bit about the last time I was on the FAPRI acres and the, the increases we're going to see there. The Informa acres, um, as we'd expect, their numbers actually probably are more in, in line with what we're kind of thinking. Corn acres at 93 million acres, that's up 3.9 million acres from last year. Soybeans at 82.3 million acres, down 7.3 million acres from last year. And really the difference in there will ultimately end up being the wheat acres. Now some of the things that I think we could see though is that I think we could see a larger amount of acre switch happen maybe in the northern parts of Minnesota, over in South Dakota and North Dakota than maybe we see in the heart of the Corn Belt. It's not saying there won't be switches in the heart of the belt, but I think we'll see more switching up north just because our cash price is going to be that much worse compared to, to where we're at. You know, we're off of Husker harvest days, and of course I had the opportunity as I spoke with producers to just kind of ask, so do you have any old crop left over? And, and you and I talked about this a little bit, that the reaction was, yeah, we do have some old, unsold old crop and the crop that's in the ground right now. So what do we do? Where do we go from here, especially since we've got 17 and 18 ready to go? Yeah, I think something we're going to have to get used to is that we're going to see a lot of beans on the ground not by farmers, but by the elevators. There's gonna be certain elevators that are gonna go cash only. And uh, if you're concerned about that, or if you're wanting to get some space for some storage, I'd recommend talking to them early and reserving some space for that. Our overall opinion, even though these prices are not real good in here, is that we we don't wanna sell anything here um, on the old crop corn or beans, or also the same thing on the old crop um, soybeans. Um, or new crop soybeans. We just don't want to be a seller here. We think there'll be some additional opportunities down the road. 
If you have to pay storage on the beans, I, I think you will be rewarded with a basis improvement and also an increase in the futures price. Over on the corn side, if you're in a situation where you can't really justify paying the storage, then our recommendation would be is that you'd utilize some type of um, basis contract or a deferred pricing contract that still does give you a better chance to get a higher futures price down the road because our belief would be as we go forward down the road corn has a wonderful demand story that's building it just really needs to have the opportunity to really kind of fully bloom is there some cash nervousness though that that might come to that with lack of storage in some areas well i think we definitely will see that in some areas yeah and so i think as a result of that if that's a concern of you then then what we have to think about is that okay what are we going to do if you are forced to sell, unfortunately, and lock in that basis, there's not a lot that we can do from the basis side to get the improvement. But a couple of your choices would be on to maintain the ownership would either to go ahead and use an extended price, and most buyers will offer that. Sounds good. What's the best way for folks to reach you, Jeff? Yeah, give me a call at 402-366-4694. Check us out on the web at heartlandfarmpartners.com or follow me on Twitter at jeffpeterson one. And that's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.